Okay, Danana to everybody. Um, Hebrews chapter 8 and verse, beginning in verse 5. We're just going to continue the ideas that we've been working on the last several weeks. Uh, I believe today we're going to live different from the way that we came in. I believe that uh, if a, for anybody else, this word is for me. So I'm preaching to myself, which is a good idea, a uh, good thing to, to do, but... The, truth, the truths that we hold that make our faith so special to us, it's important to keep them very near and keep them in our memory regularly. They, they are like a fuel for the car of life. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse, verse 5. Um, this is a kind of continuing the thoughts of just because. Uh, it says, they serve, speaking of the tabernacle, and the tabernacle gifts and, and the, the system of how the tabernacle was ministered, it says they serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Praise the Lord. Uh, I started this idea last week, last few weeks, and we just want to nail this thing home because I think there's some truth here that, that we cannot afford to, to, to live without. Did I say we're going to live different from the way we came? Did I say that? I did. Good. Okay, now there, there is a, this pattern. I would like us to look at the picture of it, the same picture we used last week, but it's good to uh, remind ourselves of, 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 of this, uh, this picture and this idea. This is a picture or of the model that God gave Moses to build in the wilderness when the children of Israel were traveling uh, on the way to their promised land. So this was the center of all life. All of the tribes, they, they, they were camped around this tabernacle. It was the central focus of all people's attention. Uh, that's another message about the positioning of the tabernacle in the people. But for right now... I wanted just to focus on the main elements. That tent in the middle is where God's presence dwelt. God wanted to live with his, his people in the midst of his people. And these furniture pieces were designed by God to provide a way or a road for the people to come and have fellowship with God. So this first piece, when a, a priest would walk in to the tabernacle, the first thing that they would encounter is the brazen altar where an animal would be sacrificed because blood needs to be shed, uh, because God is a holy God, we are not, and you can't just come and have fellowship in those circumstances. Something has to be done for the sin penalty, and the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So blood was shed here, and after the blood was shed, the animal was sacrificed. We go to the next piece between the two, which is that, that, what's called the bronze laver. And we talked about this, how the priest would wash his hands and wash his feet. And he would also not only wash, but he would look at his reflection in the mirror. And he would look at his reflection in light of that, that brazen altar. So that, that means that in order to get into the presence of God, these two steps have to be followed. We don't just go into the presence of God on our own. Blood has to be shed. Amen. But not only that, after the blood is shed, we have to see ourselves in a certain way before we get into the presence of God. Our relationship with God will never be greater, or our relationship with anybody will never be greater than our relationship with ourselves. Some of us love God but hate ourselves. And we wonder why people are so nasty and mean and so crazy. No, they're not crazy. You're crazy. All right? 
And we have this little bit of dichotomy. There's a missing link. We love God like crazy, but people, we have issues with people. The Bible says we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So the love of somebody else begins with the love of self. And not love of self based on our accomplishments, but based on what Christ has done for us. He loved us to the point that we love ourselves. Like the Apostle John, the beloved disciple. Self-acclaimed beloved disciple. Nothing wrong with that in the kingdom. So, so uh, the sacrifice, and then the labor, and then we go into the presence of God. What we were talking about last week is that this, this, this system, we need to spend some time, particularly with the labor, because uh, how we perceive ourselves many times becomes very problematic. And everything about our lives will be the overflow of how we see ourselves. That place of a view of self is called the conscience. I've been doing devotionals in this area for a while. But it's so central. Everything rises and falls on, on that truth right there. We cannot, take it, it, we cannot take it lightly. And we have to see ourselves correctly before we do anything, anything else. And that's, what, uh, the, that's why the brazen altar comes first. And then the, the, the bronze labor. We see ourselves now in light of what, what Christ has done. How, how we see ourselves. It's not only powerful for us and important for us. The whole entire spirit world wants to know. Our victory in all things, natural and spiritual, it depends on that question of how we see ourselves. All right. If you remember last week, we talked about the seven sons of Sceva in Acts chapter 19. How they went and tried to cast out the demon from somebody, and they tried to cast it out in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And the demon said, I know Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? And when they did not have an answer, the demon overpowered them. Okay, so uh, the, the issue was, who do you say that, that you are? Okay, how do you see yourself? The spirit world wants to know. Victory and defeat rests in that question. Hmm. Uh, you remember when Satan was tempting Jesus, all right? He took him up to a high mountain. He showed him, uh, he showed him uh, stones and said, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Do you remember that story? And then he took him on the high mountain and said, throw yourself because the Lord said, the Bible says that he will command his angels. And then he says, now fall down and worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms. Remember, he was testing him. It was the temptation of Christ. But each time that the, 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 the Satan tempted him, he tempted him with these words. He said, if you really are the son of God, then turn this stone in, in, into bread. So the issue at hand was how Jesus saw himself. That's what Satan wanted to know. Eh? He was trying to raise doubts as to who he, who he was, if you really are. Because if there's a little bit of doubt, then overcoming is the advantage is thrown to the enemy. But Jesus passed the test, praise the Lord. And, and he was able to rebuke the devil because he knew he, who he was. And he, did, he knew who he was without changing stones to bread. Because he's not somebody because of what he does. That's how the world operates. That's why you have that flashy gold business card. Eh? Jesus has no business card and he is somebody. He knows what he is without doing something amazing. Hallelujah. And today I would like to announce to you that I am somebody without doing something amazing. It's because he has done something amazing and I am the fruit of what he has done. Amen. Where Jesus passed the identity test, the seven sons of Sceva did not. In the case of Jesus, he over, overcame the devil. The seven sons of Sceva did not. All right, so we're going to take our cues from Jesus today. Amen. We're going to understand fully 
who we are today. We're going to get some victory in this area because I think this is a victory that we really need to score big time in the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So this, uh, this, this brazen altar here. Now, we're going to spend some more time on the, brazen, uh, uh, on the bronze laver today because I think there's something that the Lord, he, he's been bringing, my, uh, kept bringing this up to me, and I think the Lord is trying to show us something. Now, generally, uh, I'm going to do a little drama for you today, okay? Are we ready? Now, this pulpit, we're going to call this righteous, righteousness. What's the name of this pulpit? And my name is Pastor Z. What's my name? So Pastor Z is here and righteousness is here. Okay? Now, this is the dilemma that applies to every one of us. This is the, the fight. If there was ever a fight that we needed to win, it is going to be this fight right here. Hmm? I am here. Righteousness is here. Now, uh, this applies both more so to believers than unbelievers. Okay, because in the, in, when the, in the case of believers, we have received the mercy, we have received the salvation, we know God. Okay, but let's say I am here and my righteousness is here. All right, now in order to get to my righteousness, all right, this gap somehow needs to be filled. Most of our struggle is fighting with ourselves because we know so well how much we have fallen short. We know when we should have done this and we should have done that. Most of our Christian life is spent fighting with ourselves over what we should not have done or what we did do. All right? If the shoe fits, wear it. And if you don't say it doesn't, none of those shoes fits me, the devil is a liar and so is his mother-in-law. All right? So, so we have this little gap here and the struggle, most of us, our Christian life is nothing more than a struggle of how to bridge this gap. Okay? Now, this is... Uh, 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 this is something that we all fall victim to and today this is something we are all going to get victory in because according to this model what we have here is something very very different from this pattern pattern of thinking in Christ um, Christ has provided us what the Bible calls a finished work not a work that needs to be finished but a work that is already finished so in Christ when I'm truly in Christ, my starting point is not here. In Christ, my starting point is, is here with my righteousness behind me. So the struggle for the righteousness is a, it's, it's imparted to me because of Christ's finished work. And I start off on the victory, on the victory point. You see the difference? So this is a deliverance of all deliverances because this battle is not fought in church attendance. This battle is fought in my mind. You could have perfect church attendance and be fighting. Nah, did I really, really get to that seat on time? Did I make too much noise? Did I raise my hand at the proper time? Did I look at that girl the way I should not have looked at? Lord, help us in here. Eh? Did I? You're always, the fight is, oh, I was actually talking with somebody who had one time multiple uh, multiple theological degrees and I was having lunch with him and every other thing he would say forgive me Lord forgive me Lord forgive me Lord I said it's okay it's not forgive just talk to me but he was so conscious of his shortcomings and sometimes the greater God is eh, the more enemy you are to yourself because of his greatness and how far you don't match up but isn't it good to know that he knew that you would never match up and he provided a finished work so that you don't have to do this gap work 
uh, for him. He does it for you and you start right here. Amen. Now, this is, it's very important that we get this right. Because Satan is not concerned about our knowledge of Jesus. He is concerned about our knowledge of ourselves. Lidgamo? Satan is not concerned about our knowledge of Jesus. He is concerned about our knowledge of ourselves. He asked the seven sons of Sceva, Who are you? They didn't say, Who is Jesus? And he said, I know Jesus. I know Paul. I know all those people. Antes, who are you? Jesus, if you really are, he wants to know. Because depending on how we get that right, it spells the end of his kingdom. We overcome the enemy not by what we do. We overcome the enemy by who we are. Mm -mm -mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, we are already, just by coming into this world, we are already at a significant disadvantage. Because we are born into families, and then when our families raise us to a certain age, they send us to school. And school and family is the enemy of righteousness. Because we grow up uh, starting from here. You know, uh, there's a system of attaining a certain level. There's punishment and then there's reward in the family. If you're a good boy, eh, you will get an ice cream. Come on, somebody. Okay, I'll get ice cream. I'll take your ice cream. All right? If you did bad, you'll get in trouble. So your mind from childhood is constantly thinking reward and punishment. Okay? Then you go to school, and, and in school, it's the exact same thing. If you see students running around, and even all of us have been in school, we all look so good, you know, in our sharp school uniform, whatever, whatever, and playing, and everyone is happy. But every student is struggling with something in their mind. They know that there is an end-of-year exam, or matric exam, or, 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 or final, final, uh, final test. Am I right? So that pressure is weighing down and deceiving that wonderful play experience. This is something that every student is struggling with in their own mind. I know what I'm talking about. Hmm? So, so the struggle is over here. Between me and attaining what, what, what I need to do to, uh, uh, to get, get the grade. There's an internal pressure that is customized personally for me. There is a, a test at the end of the year. And everything about my reward or punishment is based on, on, on how well I prepare for that test. And then one day we come to church, we raise our hand and we get saved. Or we can get saved anywhere. You say yes to Jesus, hallelujah. But because our mind has already been so programmed with family and school, we bring that same mindset into our kingdom relationship with God. Except it's not a test, it's judgment day. I mean judgment day. When every man will stand before the throne. You know what I'm saying. And so you're, you're applying the same rule, but now you're applying it to God. And so you're all in the church, you all look beautiful, but some of us have a serious fight going on right now because you are worried about judgment day. And when judgment day comes, the, the rewards, and I just hope and pray eh, that, that I'll get sneak in because, because I know how difficult and how crazy it has been. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's important to get some victory in this area and understand clearly what God was trying to tell us through this. Man did not design this. God designed this. And God is saying, come by way of the sacrifice, which in the new covenant, that means Jesus Christ. 
And, the, and, and what God is saying is come by way of washing yourself until you see yourself as clean. Not until I see you as clean, but until you see you as clean. I repeat, the Satan, Satan did not want to know what Jesus thought about God, his Father. He wanted to know what Jesus thought about himself. The, 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 the demon did not want to know about the seven sons of Sceva, what they thought about Jesus or what they even thought about Paul. He wanted to know, who are you? Are you following what I'm saying? So that personal conviction of who I am, of what I, have, uh, what I am in Christ, it becomes pretty huge. In fact, it's, it's everything. It's everything. Go with me please to Colossians chapter 1. Let's settle this thing once and for all. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20, 20 beginning in verse 21. All right? Now, now interpret this through the, this, this, uh, this motto here. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith established and firm not moved from the hope held out in the gospel now notice what it says once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior notice that if I'm an enemy in my own mind I cannot be united to God I have to be united in my mind in order to be united with God. There's no such thing as being close to God but being an enemy to myself. So the blood came to cleanse our conscience. The blood came to give us a new perspective on ourselves in light of the finished work. Hallelujah. Because if, the, if our relationship with self, if the relationship with self is healed, then the relationship with God is also healed. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. That's why Jesus, when he was giving... You know, the Last Supper, he, he was with the, with, the, with the disciples, he lifted the bread and he said, eh, this is my body, which is broken for you. Now, don't you ever forget to obey all the rules like I told you. And don't you ever forget the teachings. If you ever forget one of the teachings, and don't, he didn't say that. Come on, somebody. He said, take this cup, take this bread, but do this in remembrance of me, meaning that this is behind you now. Hallelujah. The finished work is behind you now. There is nothing left here on this side for you but righteousness. Hallelujah. But sonship, the Bible says that we are free from blemish, free from accusation, uh, pure and holy. And, it, and it's based on what, what he did. So this is how God sees us. But the question is, how do you see you today? That's, 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 the, that's the issue. That's why the Bible says that we are supposed to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Uh, we enter into first order of protocol when you're coming into the presence of God is thanksgiving. All right? And it makes sense now because we see what he's done for us. The first thing you see is what he has done for you. Uh, we don't come into his presence with warfare. But it's, it, warfare, that's not how we enter the presence of God. No, 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 no. Uh, prayer requests. That's not how we enter the presence of God. Yeah? I mean, we, we do, don't get me wrong, we do warfare, we do prayer requests, we have prayer requests, but that's not how you enter. Yeah? 
Should I go to the difficult one? Repentance. Nisaha. That's our national anthem for paintings in this country. And I want you just to see that it's not, repentance has to be calculated properly in light of what Christ has done. Um, we're not repenting from over here. Hmm? That's how most of us have been trained in family, school, and in church. Today is deliverance day for somebody. The, the Old Testament repentance was like this. Okay? Because in the Old Testament, there was constantly shedding of, of blood all the time because the sins were so great. But when Jesus came, he came and paid the price once and for all. So New Testament repentance is different from Old Testament repentance because the difference in the two is Jesus. The actual Greek word for repentance actually means to change, not change what you're doing, but change your mind. Which means that you need to change from being back here in your mind to being over here. This is not a physical journey. This is a mental journey. This is a renewing of your mind according to the finished work. That's why Jesus said, remember me. This is finished. Keep this front and center because what we're dealing with is a righteous product right here. Holy and blameless, without blemish and free from accusation. Lord, help us in here. Some of us have been warfaring too long. You know how it happens when you try to dial a number. Eh? And then you call and say, Some of us have been trying to call God with warfare. Whatever, you know how they say that. That lady, you know that lady. Yeah, that lady comes. That's what we're doing with God. Warfare. Prayer requests. No, we don't, we don't enter with prayer requests. All of the phone lines are jammed. It's not the tele problem. Come on, somebody. You're dialing the wrong number. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving. But I have a prayer request. Take your prayer request and put it on the side. Eh? And come in. with. We'll deal with prayer requests after you get in there. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? Do you see the difference? Uh, you have to understand warfare. Uh, some of, you know, I have to help this for our, our you know, Pente intercessors. Warfare is important. And there's all kinds of, you know, the Bible says our, our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against spiritual forces. In the heavenly realms. That's where the warfare, there, there's, there's a fight. Eh? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There's a fight. We're, we're not just sitting here. There's a battle going on. But I want us to pay attention to what the, the, the enemy is really after when he comes at us with warfare. That, that Satan himself came to Jesus. And he didn't come with a sword and say, Haya. Yeah, yeah. His weapon that he chose was, if you really are. Satan, the king of the demonic world, had a small question. If you really are. The, the, the demon asked the seven sons of Sceva, Who are you? Lekka, overcoming, is a, is a matter of realizing that I am right here now. And every mess that we, he throws at us is to get us to pull us back to a place over here where I'm wondering, I, I, it would be nice to be a child of God. It would be nice to be righteous. But ooh, that crazy night in 1945. Lord, how can I? Repentance, repentance, wrong number. Jesus knew about that crazy night in 1945. 
And he said, let's take that punishment and put it on Christ. You come over here and just enter with thanksgiving. Are you, are you following what the, the different? This is a warfare of a different kind. The whole arsenal of the demonic attack is focused on you shifting positions from, from, from who, to, to, to have no answer to the question, who are you? Or a wrong answer to the question, who are you? This is a, a, a mental ascent. It's saying, I am who God said I am. Yeah? Formerly, I was alienated from God and was enemy in my own mind, not in my rigor and shouting, an enemy in my own mind because that's why we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Not renewing of what we're doing, doing more spiritual things and stacking up our spiritual uh, CV. You know, like in, uh, it's funny, like after we graduate, then we start stacking up a CV because everything in the world is tied to what we do and how well we do it. Punishment and reward. But in God, hallelujah, Jesus has received every punishment. And because of that punishment, we have received every reward without blemish and free from accusation, holy and righteous. Let us say, come on, somebody, BL. Hallelujah. What a blessing. What a gift. What a victory. Which means that if I know who I am, victory is already mine. Hallelujah. It reminds me of the story of Jesus on the boat with the disciples, and there's a storm. The storm is crazy. Everyone is, dry. Everyone is running, <laughs> sweating, trying to deliver themselves from the boat. Everybody except one who knew who he was. Your, who you are is an answer to everything. Uh, Lord, thank you, Lord. Now, now uh, to, the, to the question, that, well, does that mean, Pastor Z, we're allowed to sin now? Because, you know, Jesus took care of that as well. Let's go after service and I'll meet you at so-and-so and let's have a good time. With Yes, thank God for this message. I've been waiting for a message like this the whole time. I didn't say that. Come back here. Don't go out and sell, t- start spreading that message or writing me a nasty email. Um, uh, you have to understand... It's, it's the power of everything that we do. It's the source of everything that we do that I'm after here. If we're doing good works from here, there will never be enough good works to, to justify us. But it, everything changes when we start doing works from here. You see, it's not an obligation to please God. It's an actual overflow of thanksgiving. Uh, do you remember what Zacchaeus did? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. All right, tax collectors in the Bible is a lot of like a lot like tax collectors in some countries that I know. It's another word for criminal activity in some other countries. I'm not saying I don't know any other. Just I'm talking Bible times and some other. I think I've heard some other countries. Make sure this is on video now. All right, uh, but Zacchaeus. So he was he was deep in sin. In fact, everybody was criticizing Jesus for hanging out with Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus is a tax collector slash sinner. And, and, uh, but Zacchaeus stood up and because Jesus was in his house, because Jesus had come in here, it caused him to give a response not out of obligation to earn righteousness, but because of an overflow of thanksgiving. Because Jesus is here now. He said, look, Lord, today I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody... I will restore it four times. Not to earn your righteousness, but because you are here now. It's the natural joy overflowing. It's not out of guilt. 
It's not out of a condemnation. It's not like in school where you do good so you can get good. It's because I have been done so much good. I cannot help but right any wrong that was a part of my life. Uh, Do you see the difference? So, So we have to know the difference because all of us are in here. Most of us are children of God. If you're not, we'll give you opportunity to become one today. But most of us are children of God here. But, and that's not the problem. The same blood has been shed for all of us. All of us have a seat in heaven. Uh, different seats. Uh, mine is by the river of life on the east side. Uh, the big house, the big mansion overlooking the, the water and with a view of the throne. Over, that's mine. The rest of you, you take your plots wherever you want. But, so we're all children of, of, of God equally. God has loved us the same. God has loved us the same. God has paid the price for all of us. No, it's the same love, same price, okay? Uh, uh, but the difference is now, for all of us, how we have reinterpreted that love is where we are all different. Some of us are in the same house of God, but we're, we're here. We all look like good school students, but I don't know what's going on in the mind right now. Some of us are way back over here. In the house of God. But in your own mind, you're just trying to keep your head above water in your own righteousness. All right? And then there's some of us also that's that's over over here. Okay? So my job today is to ensure that all of us experience this transforming work in our own minds to pull us all over here now because that's what God wanted us to do. I'm not telling you what God has done for you today. That's already established. I'm not preaching about Jesus today. I'm preaching about you and what you preach to yourself, what you say to yourself, how you see yourself. There's a lot of victory that's waiting in the answer to that question. Overcoming is waiting for you in that question. All right? So it's not a matter of of, of whether or not I achieve. It's a matter of what has been achieved for me and do I I realize it. Um, I think one of the things that complicates this whole thing is if God would pour out his spirit in a a powerful way and these issues are not resolved it becomes very complicated because somebody will have a spiritual gift and spiritual gifts are free alright and someone will have a gift and you don't have a gift someone gets touched and blessed and you didn't feel anything you know how that that goes Uh, we we get this all the time because when we pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit uh, some people they just like, uh, like God takes them up to third heaven right there. And then the next person, they're looking at the next person and they didn't feel anything. And so you start doing in your mind, I know they, they are holy, I am not. God loves them, God does not love them. They're shaking, I'm trying to shake. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm not shaking, so that must be something wrong with me. All right, there must, and you start going, and, and, and that's such a lie of any, like a spiritual movement. So in, in this camp here, eh, church is messy here. This is where church fights happen. This is where denominations are formed. This is where us versus them. Eh? And, 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 and we have personalities. We have positions. We have, yeah, the church has been defined so much on this side. And it's created so much mess and, and, and confusion. So today, I would like to graduate Beza Church for one church. Let's start with our church. Graduate from, from over here. Hmm? Hallelujah. Yes, you did it. Yes, it was wrong. We understand. Okay? But God knew that too. He provided us with a finished work. All right? So you not only know about Jesus, but you also know about you. Amen. That was good. All right? So, so as, we, as, we come, as we come to him, 
we come with thanksgiving. If you've really been here, you have nothing to say but thanksgiving. You have nothing to do but a hallelujah. Who am I that you brought me thus far? What a blessing it is to be his and his to be mine. What a blessing it is to be righteous, to see myself as righteous. Remember Adam and Eve, they saw themselves as naked and they ran from the presence of God. God sent Jesus so we don't see ourselves as naked anymore. But we see ourselves as holy and righteous without blemish and free from accusation. Hallelujah. This is why Jesus came. Hallelujah. And if the test for Jesus was if you really are, that means the test for each one of us will also be if you really are. And I want somebody to pass the test today. Yes, you really are. Yes, you really are. Yes, you really are. Oh, but pastors, I didn't stay the whole night at all night prayer. You know, I fell asleep halfway through all night prayer. I lost my righteous points, you know, because Emma, she will will embarrass you with all night prayer. You get tired and then she's just getting started. Okay? Uh, It's not about about how good your, your spiritual activities have marked up on your CV. This is not school. Yeah, this is not your father's house. Ababa Ikotal. How many grew up with Ababa Ikotal? Ababa Ikotal means, you know, uh, daddy's going to beat you. Yeah? And so you live your whole life afraid of daddy's going to beat me. But, but the idea is you, you understand, we're so ingrained with this. It, it actually, it, it takes some work. Uh, it takes some work to get this down because it's like, this is, this is so foreign to everything in our psyche, the way our world has been built up. Uh, It's hard to receive stuff for free in a world where we've grown up earning every single thing that we have. So this is a completely different world. The message is not about Jesus today. The message is about you. And a message about what you say to yourself. May the Lord help somebody today. May somebody get free today. Let me put it this way. If you don't see yourself as righteous right now, you're not in agreement with God. If I'm not in agreement with God, whom am I in agree with, with, agreement with? Well, there's somebody determined to get me to think of myself in a certain way, isn't there? He's working day and light, night to get a certain kind of thinking. Paul called it the doctrine of demons. Don't do this. Don't, some people are forbidden to marry. Some people are not allowed to drink that or eat that. Doctrine of demons. Because if we see ourselves wrong... The enemy has scored a a, a point. Today, we have rose up on this Goliath. We have hit him where it hurts. Hallelujah. We've scored a victory of all victories today. Because righteousness has risen up inside of me. Hallelujah. I said righteousness has risen up inside of me. Amen. Hallelujah. So, having said that, uh, as we rise to our feet now, I want everybody to rise eh, as the righteousness of God. It will be symbolic of a righteousness of God righteousness of God children of God without blemish free from accusation hallelujah 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 now now, uh, when we pray for needs start from here it makes a difference thank you Lord did you all feel that? Yeah? You feel a bit better now? Uh, We're all in school today, but I want us to get that victory of 
graduation day without taking the test. That feeling of everything is finished. When things are finished, it makes a big difference. The Bible calls it entering into the rest of God. May the Lord cause us to experience his rest like never before. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. How we bless you for this righteousness today. What a gift. Uh, Abba was telling me that this was a message, you know, because Abba grew up in the church. He said, Today, today's message, we were talking back. He says, but he was saying, I wish I knew this a long time ago because my whole life in church and my whole generation, this was our fight. You know, and it becomes so problematic. Like the whole church on this side, it becomes so problematic. We're the most judgmental, opinionated, and the reason we're fighting each other, the Bible says, what causes fights and arguments and quarrels among you? Doesn't it come from your own desires? Unmet desires is a trouble for somebody else. Unsettled, uh, unsettled conscience, it becomes trouble for someone else. In Jesus' name, receive your righteousness today. Just take it as a free gift from God. Hallelujah. It is finished is what Jesus said on the cross. Hallelujah. He said the right words. You don't have to finish it. It is already finished. Hallelujah. What a blessing. We start from there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would like us to make a, a, a shift today in here. Not running around, not giving some more, not giving to a prog program outreach. I just want us to finish this stuff in our own heads our own heads now. This is so important. The, the message is actually for church people anyway today. Uh, and if we find ourselves in this, in this camp right now, I would like to announce to you that Jesus has provide you a fin provided you with a finished work. Hallelujah. It is so finished. Hallelujah. It is so finished. The enemy has been playing you saying, are you really? Do you really think? Is it really? Because we were saying with Misu earlier, it's almost too good to be true. It is too good to be true, and it is yours. He, you were at your worst. He loved you with his best and called you righteous and blameless, without blemish and free from accusation. So, so uh, I want to pray for the righteous in here. We're all saved, I know that, but some of us are still saved and in this camp and struggling with ourselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today we're going to graduate. Today is graduation day. Hallelujah. It is finished today. Hallelujah. So just raise your hand. Let me pray for you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We start from this side today. We start from a finished work today. We start with the victory that is in Jesus. We don't go into warfare. We don't go into prayer requests. We don't go into repentance. We don't go into digging and groveling, Father God. We thank you with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. We come into your presence because you have provided us with a finished work. What a blessing it is to be yours. What a blessing it is to be reconciled to myself. What a blessing it is to see myself as righteous. What a blessing it is to see the finished work, not only on the cross, but also to see the finished work in me. Father God, I pray for everyone right now that by the renewing of our mind, I'm not going to pray for demonic warfare. I'm not going to pray for sickness and disease. I'm not going to pray for any storm that we might be in the middle of right now. Hallelujah. Today, I pray, Father God, that we would be flooded with the knowledge of our righteousness. We will be flooded with the knowledge of what it means to be a child of God, to be delivered, to be 100% righteous, that you provided us with a finished work. Because if we know the answer to the question, who are who are you? Then every problem bows to who I am. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I thank you, Father God. 
I thank you, Father God. Whew. The Lord just gave me a picture. You know, if, if, if uh, I don't know, like uh, if, if, if our prime minister walked in here right now, right? If our prime minister, if just somebody uh, 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 with authority, if prime minister walked in here, okay? Uh, everybody would be just fine until he starts walking in from the back and people recognize him, right? And then slowly, wherever he goes, people say, <laughs> like, you follow what I'm saying? Why? What did he say? Nothing. What did he do? Nothing. He just walked in. And by reason of who he is, everybody's going crazy. The devil asked, who are you? The demon asked, who are you? Why did he ask, who are you? Because once you know who you are, all you have to do is show up. Yeah? Just waking up in the morning with this knowledge, you send all kind of demonic craziness going crazy. He's up. He's up. Look, they said, I know Jesus and I know about Paul. I know about Paul. What did Paul do? <laughs> did he do an all-night prayer so that the demons would know him? No. He just knows who he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's finished. Just win this battle. Everything else will take care of itself. Just know this. The enemy wants you to think lower of yourself than what God has finished. No, no, no. Prime Minister is here now. Jesus said, I have given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the, the, the evil one. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Aratnatib. Right? That's where I stand today. How about you? Can we give God a praise for this finished work today? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God a praise for what he has done. Come on, somebody, let's give God a praise for what he has done. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 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 He will let you. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to turn it over to Abba. God did not do this so we could show off and show the devil how, how much power we have. That's just, a, that's just naturally, you know. But he did all that so that we could understand the, the, the tent, the presence of God. Just because it's what I've been working on. He, he did all this because he wanted us to be in fellowship with him. We cannot be in fellowship with him if we're at war with ourselves. So he provided every means for us to be healed with ourselves so that he could be with us. Hallelujah. True love needs no reason. He had no reason. It's just true love. Hallelujah. He was after you. He was hungry for your soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we give you praise.